Hello, I'm Russ Jones, pastor at Faith Family Worship Center in Palm City, Florida. You can check us out at ffwc.us. And welcome to this week's episode of After the Sermon. Here I share with you thoughts and challenges that I didn't have time to share with you in my morning message. This week's message, entitled from the series of the same name, Best Christmas Ever, is from December the 20th. You can watch it over on our YouTube channel, which is FFWC Palm City, and then just click on the playlist, Best Christmas Ever. Don't forget to subscribe, too. This week, I compare the stable that Jesus was born in with the future that it was supposed to represent. Because he was born to poor parents, a father who was a carpenter from a sleepy nowhere village called Nazareth, he would be expected to be a poor carpenter who would eventually marry someone that his parents would have arranged for him, have a bunch of kids, build carpentry stuff, and then die. I know, doesn't sound like much of a plan, does it? But that wasn't who God created him to be. Jesus was a surprise to everyone, and they were confused because they could not reconcile who he was with his past. We live in a time when we can suffer from the same fate. People will tell you who you are supposed to be. Media and advertisements tell you how to dress and what to do to be acceptable and liked by others. Um, People demand how you should turn out. Education tells you if you're smart or dumb. Society will tell you if they love you or hate you or love you or hate. Well, it kind of depends on the time of day, doesn't it? It's all very frustrating and very seemingly complicated. It's no surprise to me that so many people just give up and give in. They say things like, I'm dumb, and I'll always be dumb. I'm worthless, and I'll always be worthless. They don't want me, and you know what? I don't like me either. I pointed out in Galatians 6-7, where it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Now, being raised on a farm as I was, we grew garden. It was something that my mom and dad had done their whole life, and my dad loved it. No, you you seem to misunderstand. I mean, he loved it. And that's for another episode another day. But when we planted radishes, which for some reason was my favorite, you know what we would pick? Radishes. But once in a while, something went wrong, and the seeds that we would buy were mislabeled. Um, You know, like one year we were growing tomatoes. Well, we did every year, never mind. But one year we grew tomatoes, and one plant just didn't look like the others. We were kind of wondering what was going on with it. And then it bore fruit, and it were black tomatoes. They were supposed to be black. Now, how that one seed got in with the rest of them, we have no idea. But, you know, it was things like this that just sometimes left you scratching your head. There there is one thing, though, that never happened. If we planted corn, it didn't matter what kind of corn, we just planted corn, we reaped corn. I know, novel idea, right? But we never stood there and said, why don't we have potatoes? What'd you plant? Corn. What'd you want? Potatoes. Well, then why didn't you plant potatoes? I don't know. 
that conversation never happened. But a lot of people live their lives that way. They want life and they want hope and they want love and peace and they want a relationship with God. And they want all of, all of these things, but they keep sowing doubt and lies that the world tells them and bad choices. And they embrace all of the, the bad negative statements that people make about them. And then they don't understand why they don't have potatoes. I know, weird, right? But if you want to know how your life is going to turn out, if you want to know what your legacy is going to be, listen to what you are saying about yourself. Matthew 12, 34, it says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Whatever is on the inside is going to come out. Or whatever you sow, that you will also, you got it, reap. Now that leads me to something that I didn't get to say in my message Sunday. And I wanted to ask the question, who are you letting sow into your life? Now, Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 13, 24, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed, sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. Now, the meaning of the parable is about how Jesus is sowing good seed into our lives, but Satan is going around sowing evil or weeds in this world. If you've ever tried to grow flowers, if you've ever tried to grow vegetables, you hate the weeds. Oh, they are such a pain. Satan is doing all he can to sabotage the kingdom of God, which means he's also doing everything he can to sabotage your life. Now, we know that Satan will never win. He's already a defeated enemy. But we have to resist him, and we can do so with the authority that Jesus gives us in his name. But we have to do it every day. In other words, every day we have to sow our faithfulness, and we have to do it every day, every day every day. No, this is not a loop. You don't, don't adjust your, uh, uh, your device there. It, it really, I just want you to get this. We have to do it every day. And every day you have to ask yourself, who is sowing into your life? You've probably heard the saying that you are going to be like the five people you spend the most time with. Well, research, and some people took that seriously, and they did some very serious research about it and discovered it isn't five people, but it's, you are the average of everybody that is around you. Are the people around you sowing hope and life and encouragement? Or are they telling you to give up and quit? You're worthless. Look at the people around you. Do you want to be like them? Is that where you want to find yourself a year from now, 10 years from now? No? Well, you need to make some changes. My point is, be careful who you let speak into your life. There will always be those who want to offer their negative take on your life. The fact that you're breathing perfectly good air, I get that. But that doesn't mean that you have to sow it into your life. If somebody's angry at you, it doesn't mean you have to be angry back. You are not at the mercy of the world around you. Let me say that again. You are not at the mercy of the world around you. 
But find some people, some followers of Jesus who will speak into your life. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you will get in trouble. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal, but a brother is born to help in time of need. Proverbs 18, 24, one who has unreliable friends will soon come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, I look through, and that was just five out of many verses. It was so important in Proverbs that we pay attention to who speaks into our lives. Years ago, a man came to me and he asked me to pray the evil spirit of drinking out of him. Well, that's the way he described it. And he, he said, I never want to drink again. I said, I would pray for him, but what were you going to do tomorrow? And he kind of looks at me funny, like, what do you mean? I said, Satan knows that this will tempt you. You think this is going to stop anything? Today, you're not going to drink, but what are you going to do to make sure you don't drink tomorrow? Now, we had a conversation about who do you surround yourself with? Who's speaking into your life? Where are you hanging around? And, you know, there was a few conclusions we came out of those questions that led him to say, you know what, I need to make better choices about who I'm around and what I'm doing. It, it, whatever you sow every day into your life is what you're going to reap. Whoever you allow to sow into your life every day, you are going to reap, not them. You, you get to get the benefit of whatever you allow them to put into your heart. Now, this isn't to say that God couldn't deliver him from alcoholism. I've prayed with many people who have been delivered in a moment again and again. But I also find that God uses our weaknesses to keep us close to him. We can read about that in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul talks about that. He says, I glorify God for the weaknesses that I have. And so find people who will not reject you for your weaknesses, but will support you. They will pray with you. They will encourage you through the tough times. They will help you and be there for you. Nobody's perfect and perfection isn't the goal. We're to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and then pursue a life that honors him with everything we have. Jesus was better than what the world expected of him. And that's our standard you can be better. I believe in you. I know you can do better than what you're doing right now because God created you and he's got a plan for you that is better than anything else than you can think of or you can imagine. What is he challenging you to do right now? And you may say, Pastor, I, I, I can't do that. Well, let me tell you that God didn't call you to do something if he didn't equip you now, oftentimes I find that I'm not equipped at the moment, but I will be if I will pursue his will for my life. And oftentimes we exercise the ability to sow disillusionment into our hearts by saying, I can't do that. 
Don't say that to yourself. If God has put something in your heart, don't say, I can't do that. If you're challenged to do something new or different, don't say, I can't do that. Because what happens is, is when you start saying that, then you start sowing disillusionment into your job, into your career, into your marriage, into your family, into your kids and everybody around you. You don't want to do that. But you want to overcome that disillusionment by allowing your life to be sewn into the fabric of God's will. He wants to do something with you better. I want you to do something. I want you to experience something better. So choose to listen to his words of hope. You may need to download uh, the version app, the Bible app on your phone uh, or your lab. You can do this on your browser and find some uh, find some devotionals, some devotional plans. There's some there just a few days. Some are like 20 days or more. But whatever it is, you can look for topics that you're dealing with right now to encourage you, to speak life into you, to help you overcome something that's coming against you. And sow his life into yours. Go for it. I mean, really go for it. What, what are you waiting for? I've already told you the big secret. If you will begin to sow God's encouragement into your heart, you will reap encouragement. And if you sow love in, love comes out. You can do this. I encourage you to join a hope group and allow other people to be able to, to, to encourage you and attend Sunday services online or in-house or whatever the case is. And if you're not in the area where you can do that in person, you can do that online. You can sign up at our website at FFWC. But I want to share this with you, that you today can discover a new life and a new hope whenever you put your eyes on Jesus and listen to what he has to say about you and stop listening to all the junk in this world that would disillusion you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you what you've done for you. Many blessings. I pray that you will continue to take care of us. Look out after us. We need your help. We, we are just getting inundated with so much around us. We just want to hear your kind words of encouragement and hope and love. We just want to hear you help us to create the time to be able to do just that. Help us to look around and decide what we are going to allow to be sown into our hearts and what we will reject by faith. I pray, God, that you will help everyone here to discover everything that they can be for your glory and honor, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, God bless. God bless.